Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Ice Cold Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Lafson. We've got another great episode coming to you. We're going to have the privilege of hearing from Tim O'Rourke, who's been in the financial services industry for 35 years now. He's had an incredible career thus far, and he spent many years at Raymond James, at AIG, a couple of world-renowned companies, and he's currently doing great things as a chief compliance officer at HGI. And I have the privilege to work with him day in and day out and just see the wealth of knowledge that he has. And he's been diligently working for the past 35 years in this industry, has a great reputation, as a vast network of people that he has worked with throughout the years. And so it's going to be a great chance to have him to pick his brain and share some of the wonderful insights that he's he's come across in the past past uh, 35 years in this industry. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Tim. All right, Tim, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to uh, to come on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure, Kobe. And so Tim, you've had a very very illustrious career. You've uh You've experienced many different backgrounds, many different titles, different companies, and I think a lot of what has made you successful, you can attribute to your athletic background. I know you played a few sports growing up. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your your kind of upbringing? Yeah, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which kind of the center of the U.S., if you know what I mean, in a lot of ways, but uh, uh, my father was a he was an all-American football player for Washington University. So I, I kind of had that, you know, that ilk, that, that kind of uh, motivation behind me to uh, be an athlete too. So we played different sports in, in the Midwest and St. Louis because football started in the fall and then soccer and basketball were in the winter and then baseball was in the springtime. So I played uh, three sports every year ever since I was six years old. I started off young, you know, but it, <laughs> but, it, but it was it was a lot of fun and being a kid in the sports thing because you always had something to do. You know, we were playing some sport no matter what. You know how that goes. So I got oh, into yeah. college, uh, played soccer ever since I was six and baseball and and uh, football. I got into college and decided to play soccer in college, and. Um, uh, went ahead and, you know, obviously made the team and everything did very well in our uh, soccer team. We played division one schools where division three schools. So soccer was a little different back then. It's small schools could compete with Ohio state and UCLA because we recruited from that St. Louis market, which is a, uh, in, in Chicago market, which is a big center of, uh, of, uh, of soccer players that, you know, came, came, through their families that were uh, different nationalities, Italians, Germans, um, uh, Spanish, uh, Latinos, and South Americans. So uh, I, I learned soccer skills at a very young age. And and, uh, and when I got out of college, I went to uh, grad school out in California called Cal, Cal State Fullerton. And so I became the coach while I was going to school out there. And we were a Division One school. And we were always in the top 10 for the two years that I coached there. So it was, it was a lot of fun back then. Wow. So you went from, went from playing, use that experience that you had, went into coaching and, 
And after your playing days wrapped up, you learned a ton from that. And I like your energy because you radiate a lot of positivity, a lot of joking at times, which is good. You keep things light and you know when to be serious, which I'm sure helped you in sports and is helping you all throughout your career. So after after you get done coaching, you kind of decide to go on a bit of an adventure, right? You take a job in Saudi Arabia. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I graduated and then um, I was doing all kinds of odd jobs. I was going to school, including coaching, just to make extra money to pay for school. So a um, friend of mine, my uh, actually a friend of my brother's, just came back from Saudi Arabia and talking about all these fantastic stories about traveling the world. And I'm, you know, I'm a young guy just out of college. And, uh, and I decided just to uh, put my uh, application into a couple of employment agencies that were located around, you know, that, that place people internationally. And so I, I answered this one and got the job in Saudi Arabia. And I was in charge of a hospital corporation there in Jeddah on the Red Sea. And, um, I, I'll never forget this, uh, Kobe. I was getting off the plane in Jeddah, and you know, at summertime, it was it was I think it was around July. I arrived there, and summertime after nine o'clock at night, it was still 110 degrees, and wow. during the day, it gets to 125 pretty commonly. That's I mean, you look at the weather, and and there's no weather. It was just the same. <laughs> no rain. 125, 110 at night. You know. So uh, I get off that plane. I'll just never forget this. I'm, I'm in the smell, you know, just that that heat. And those people don't take baths. And <laughs> it's like, what did I get myself into? But uh, it, but it was a great experience. So I, I I spent three years in the kingdom, and I lived in Jeddah the whole time. I did have an office in Al Kabar, which is on the other coast where the Arabian uh, Sea is, where Aramco. Uh, all the all the oil production comes out of Ramco out of that area. So I kept an office there, but I, I mainly was in Jeddah and um, had a great time for a year and a half working for this hospital company. And then I got on as a professional scuba diver. I I had taken scuba classes back in 72. So this was 78, 79 right in there. And I was able to get on with this crew and we built the first desalination plant in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So it was, it was quite a, quite a great experience, but I think you mature a lot. You know, you've traveled, you went to uh, South America and you spent a couple of years in there living with the people and, and, you know, it, it really broadened your experience and, and you, you, you know what I mean when, when you come back from something like that, how great it is. Oh yeah, it's eye-opening, life-changing. It's it's crazy. So after your your uh, stay in the kingdom over in Saudi Arabia, you come back and and so is this when you make your transition into this industry, into the financial services realm? Yeah, yeah. So I, I came back into. Uh, it's funny. I, I mentioned this to you today. I, I kind of got off the plane. I mean, I I got out of the kingdom and I thought, where am I going to go? I, I mean, the best place I could think is Colorado. It's cold there. You know, twenty-five. <laughs> go, go recover. Go recover in the in the cool, the cold. Oh man, I love that cold. That was like uh, that was an eye opener. But anyway, I moved into Denver, and I got a job selling insurance door to door. And I didn't know any difference. You know, I thought, okay, I'll try anything. I just didn't want to be in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia anymore. And so uh, 
So I started selling insurance door to door, which literally you knock, you go down a street, you pick the wealthier streets, obviously. And, and what I found out is those people didn't want to talk to me. So I went to the poorer streets and I found I got a lot more success. And I, I've got a degree in education. So I, I was a teacher and had a teaching certificate. And so what I did is I started talking to people at the schools and I was able to get on payroll deduction basically and start selling insurance that way. So I worked for American Family Life uh, and sold, sold insurance through the schools. That's where I, I got the most success. But I kind of grew tired of that and decided I want to get in the investment industry in 1983. I studied and took the Series 7 exam in the 63. So I got my license, got into a, a broker dealer, and they put me in a bullpen, trained me. The training was, here's a phone book, here's a phone, make 200 <laughs> calls. Good luck. Have a nice day. Thank you very much. And so I just followed, you know, I mean, that was their system. You know how we have a system at uh, at HCI here, but th that was the system. And uh, it, it worked out uh, wonderfully. I, I got uh, started building a book of business. I was selling. And then I got on with some banks in 1986. I moved over uh, to a broker dealer that had uh, contracted with banks. So I would actually sit in the bank lobby and meet uh, depositors who weren't happy with the interest rates they were getting, and I could get them a little higher, uh, even brokered CD rates, and I could get them uh, annuity rates or uh, variable annuity, variable life, uh, more of a planning. So I did a lot of training on on uh, life insurance planning and annuity sales. So uh, that took off for a few years, and I made the transition in 1990 to Raymond James, which I spent a good part of my career. Raymond James was an independent broker dealer that was just getting into its own a guy by the name of Tom James uh, took over from his father, Robert James. And, and Tom was, a um, he, he was a, he was an attorney and also a Harvard grad. And he took over the company and did fabulous things as far as growth. So we had these different divisions in Raymond James. And I started off in the independent division where I was working all those years in, uh, in, in a broker dealer in Denver and then as a bank broker dealer and and then and then migrated myself into the management team there so I spent uh, spent a little over 14 years there with Raymond James and and that was that was a wonderful time because you learn a lot about the business they have extensive training about about stocks bonds uh, mutual funds how they work how do you do planning we had advanced planning software back then that was state-of-the-art so I learned a lot about that. And I'd go out and work with offices and, and teams, larger teams, and teach them how to be um, uh, better producers, really, is, is what we're trying to do is dr help drive revenue. So I had, a, I had a 360 kind of view of the, of the traditional side of the business. And that, uh, that helped me a lot in my career as I moved on. And then I went to uh, AIG, as I told you, and I worked for... Uh, a couple broker dealers there as a senior vice president. And I was on two board of directors for two broker dealers, their FSC securities and advantage capital Corp. And they were both based out of Atlanta. And, um, and I was, uh, you know, after the, at that time in my career, I had a lot of experience. And when you're coming from somewhere like Raymond James and that, and that traditional part of the business, you have a lot of, uh, experiences and, you know, um, 
uh, things you can apply into a new role like that. So I was able to help them out a lot. Yeah, and and so Raymond James, AIG, a couple of huge names in the financial services industry. I mean, Raymond James is almost a household name, and and AIG. I mean, they they've been involved in just so much over the years. How have you used that experience at these large companies to develop yourself? How were you able to take advantage of those resources throughout all those years? I mean, you spent 13, 14 years, 14 plus years with Raymond James, another, what was it, five, six, seven, eight at AIG. And how were you able to kind of maximize your time there? Well, I I think it gives you a, a really broad view of the investment world more than anything. And and when you see, you know, back then there were there were broker dealers that were insurance companies like um, uh, Lincoln Financial. You know, they had their own dedicated force. Lincoln just sold recently, but you had Lincoln Financial. You had um, you had uh, uh, Northwestern Mutual. A lot of the insurance companies back then started building their own broker dealer, but they, it was a limited broker dealer. And so you had insurance company BDs, you had independent BDs, you had wirehouses, you know, the Merrill Lynch UBS type of operation. Then you had bank broker dealers, and then you had insurance agents. And so when, when you see this landscape like that, it's, it's, it's pretty huge. And you can see that it, it was going to start consolidating at some point. And so I started to watch that consolidation happen. And having the background that I did, it really helped me in my career. And and having that sports background, Colby, and you know it, I mean, athletics is something that it instills a lot of confidence. It instills um, a teamwork approach to, you know, to tackling problems. And and so I, I, I learned a lot in, in sports and and it opened a lot of doors for me having that experience, you know, to be able to get there and, and to work through that is, is, is I have to credit a lot of that to just being in sports and, and relationships that I have with a lot of coaches and, and teammates. I mean, you have teammates still, right, that you stay in touch with. And those relationships will always be there for you the rest of your life. And it's almost like a fraternity. Everybody kind of knows, you know. I, I still have friends in soccer and football that I played with that I stay in touch with, you know, 50 years ago. And, and uh, they're, they're always helping, supporting. It's, it's always, you know, a pat on the back or you can do better or, you know, kick in the butt sometimes if you need it from a good friend. So, <laughs> Yeah, that is incredible. And it's, it's incredible to see when we're in meetings or on Zooms, different things. How sports is always a topic of conversation, especially the NFL playoffs right now will be will just be kind of shooting the breeze, you know, at the beginning of these conversations and having sports backgrounds. It it goes a long way in these conversations, just knowing who roots for what teams and different things. It's it's funny how those little things go a long way in this world, which is all about relationships, as you tell me frequently. And uh and so HGI, which is another relationship, you were close and have been have had a good relationship with Steve Gross, our chief financial officer here, and he wanted you on board. And so 
here you are, and you've been a huge contribution since way before I was around here at, at HGI. And what an exciting time here. I mean, it's it's incredible. And you coming from a traditional background um, at Raymond James AIG and just seeing the inspirational marketing world that, that we are in, it's it's uh it's cool and I'm sure you're able to see more of the uh the competition, the team building, the enthusiasm that all of the people that we get to work with every day have. It's it's really cool. And you've shared incredible advice. You've kind of taken me under your wing over the past year and a half, two years, and given me some great advice. So what what kind of advice would you give to some young professionals, maybe fresh out of college or just kind of deciding what they want to get into? Well, I, I think the first thing is, um, is, is, is try some things out, you know, just don't go down a path and say, this is what I'm going to do for sure. You know, that, that's kind of thing. I think, I think you got to talk to friends and coaches and family and, and try to find a direction in an area that you like, something that, that turns you on, that's something that gets you out of bed in the morning. The worst thing you can do is get in a job that you don't like, you know, I mean, that, the bottom line is life's too short and and it goes by so quick. I mean, I can just think in a wink, you know, five years seems like it goes by now so quickly. And so as as you as you get out there in the in the in the market and and use the skills that you've learned in sports, use the teamwork kind of concepts of when you interview with somebody, make sure you 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 explain, you know, your positive attitude. I, I think the one thing I'd like to stress to anybody is you, you can teach skills. You can't teach attitude. Attitude is so important in sports. It's so important in life. It's so important in your work. If you got the right attitude and you're positive about things, you know, it, it, you can make a difference and you can make a difference in people's lives. You can help people. And I think in the bottom line, it's kind of like that Zig Ziglar thing. The more people you help, the more it'll help you. I mean, that's the basis of, of, of finding a career that you enjoy. And the money business, you know, this business here is so unique. I think it, you know, somebody like HCI is a very unique uh, opportunity and, 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 and mindset kind of organization that you, you can become part of something and, and it's yours and you own it. And yet you have this not only organization, but you build a team around yourself. It's just like you. You've got a team around you right now that that helps, you know, you do what you do and you're growing and learning so fast. And a lot of this is, you know, attitude. Back to that, I just think it's so important to have that right attitude. Now, a hundred percent. And with that attitude being coachable, the coachability aspect of it that many athletes learn in sports. And if you can plug into a system, I mean, we've got a great system here. A lot of companies have different systems. If you can plug into that, be coachable, have someone mentor you, guide you, I think I think the sky's the limit for anyone looking in to get into any in industry, really. It's just a matter of, of putting in the work, just like sports. I mean, you get out what you put in, and that's the same yep. in, the, in the business world that I'm, I'm learning quickly. And you can look at, at your body of work over the past 30, 35, 40 years, and, and you can just see as you've been diligent over the course of many years, it's paid off and it's inspiring, you know, for somebody like myself and for anyone listening, you can see that, that those, the days, the weeks, the months 
they add up and they and they uh they definitely come with with some benefits as you've experienced over the years being being successful so any anything else any other advice you'd want to give some young professionals well the other part is don't give up you know i mean you're you're gonna fail you're gonna fall down just like in sports you got to get up and try try a different angle try a different way and not it's not always going to work the first time you know what I, I don't know that we all don't don't really understand how things come together but in in the concept of the law of attraction I, I believe in the law of attraction that what you create in your mind what you believe in what you get conditioned to seeing yourself see yourself successful see yourself as is whatever that defines for you, what success defines for you, then see yourself that way because you can be that. You can be anything you you can imagine, you can believe, or maybe you have a mentor in your life, you know, a, a coach, a, a fellow player, uh, a parent, a uncle, a friend who's done great things and and you're inspired by it. You know, be inspired, be inspired to do something uh, for the world, help others. I think, uh, you know, you've done this, Kobe, I think in your life as you went over to help other people in, in, a, in, a, in a country that was very poor and, and you, you took a message there of love and, and, and positive motivation and you changed people's lives. And when you do something like that, it changes you a little bit right in here. So try to find that, that thing that turns you on, that gets you excited, gets you out of bed stay motivated, stay positive, attract, attract good things for you. And and I think the rest will work out really well. Yeah. Those, those, uh, those insights are very, very valuable. Thank you for sharing those. And we got just a couple more minutes here before we wrap up um, any book suggestions. I know you're a big reader. You've read a bunch over the years. You've studied a lot. Maybe give us two or three books that you would, would recommend reading for someone that's, Trying to trying to become ambitious, trying to have think some and grow success. rich is is one that um, you've probably heard of. It's it yep. was written by Napoleon Hill. It, it's a great book. It, it's timeless, really. I think in a lot of ways. I, I write. I read a lot of self help books too. So I like to read um, spiritual books as well as self help books. Uh, one of them I like is Simon Sinek. He start with why. I think that book has a lot of of powerful messages and, and uh, a lot of a lot of things that you can apply to your life. You know, if you start with why is kind of his concept of why do we do what we do here? Why do you do what you do in your life? And and if you do it to help, you know, it's like um, it's like integrity's whole thing is we want to help more families. You know, for a better days ahead. That's kind of the tagline, but. Everything is built around helping people. And I think if you take that message in your, in your life too, uh, that you, you know, uh, Simon Sinek's whole thing is start with why. Start with why you do what you do. And, and that why is, is going to drive you to, to do better things for others, really. And, and, I, and I, I've always lived by the fact that everything is great to me. You know, I, I never have a negative day in my life because I, I choose not to. I choose to have a positive day and I get up in the morning. I can't wait to get out of bed, get get a shower, get to the gym, get get to the office. 
um, get get to doing what I love to do. You know that if you can find that, you, you you'll be happy the rest of your life. And it ties back to that that attitude that you mentioned. I mean, your attitude definitely determines your altitude. There's that famous quote, and uh, yeah. So I appreciate all of the insight and kind of going down memory lane with you and seeing your incredible career that you've had. And thank you so much for, for sharing your advice and taking some time to, to come on the podcast, Tim. Thanks. We appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Good talking with you. Great to talk with you. See you, Tim. Take care.